today. I'm doing well, thank you. Are you feeling well? I am. I'm really glad to hear that. Thanks. And all of you listeners, I hope you're feeling as well as Matthew is. Because this is Are Your Parents Proud of You, the podcast! Yes! Get on my level! We are your hosts. And listen to our show. We are your hosts. I am Matthew Shufreda. And I am LJ Bullion. LJ, who do we have on the show today? Oh, we have Jessica Lauren Fisher coming <gasps> at you hot and fast. <gasps> She yes. is a local Chicago theater maker, one of the founding members of the Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Yes, and, and you actually might remember that name, Eclectic Full Contact Theater, because many moons ago, season one of this show, we had Andrew Pond, one of the other founding members of the company. So we get the other member of the company talking about their origins, uh, their actually their eclectic work of the podcasts. Uh, they have like six shows they're doing right now. That you can listen to, but we'll talk more about them during our interview. And Jessica was also my mom. Yep, just bringing it full circle on the Parents Proud podcast. We've got Matthew's stage parents. Oh, uh, these things are not going to get awkward. Going to get even more better. Let's go. Just keep your ears peeled for that uh, special cameo. We not often do we have uh, more than one guest in episode. So uh, nope. You better find that Easter egg. <laughs> Well, hello, Jessica. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you so much for having me. Officially welcome to Are Your Parents Proud of You? We're happy to have you. So uh, it's funny because like when we this show started, Andrew Pond, uh, your partner in everything and then and all the things, you know, he was on the show and we talked and the first thing we said was we met because you guys played my parents and father of the bride which was i actually think the anniversary of the show is coming up like by when we record it's like next week actually yeah 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 so i i i there's a story about how we met with the word gutter that i can't explain it but apparently you can so if you don't mind explaining the story i've been waiting for this <laughs> oh my so excited. I hope I can do it justice. Um, so none of us used any sort of accents in the show, except for our beloved Matthew, uh, <laughs> at one point on one word. And I don't know exactly what the lines were that we were saying, but um, if, if we were talking about uh, Andrew and my character's daughter being uh in in the gutter uh and lying being i don't know lying dead in the gutter or something and out of nowhere matthew who was playing the brother goes nobody's gonna be in the gutter (laughs) 1920s uh uh, spy accent comes out we're in the gutter yeah (laughs) a newsboy like you know detective voice he needs a cigar. Right? Listen here. Yeah, see? Yeah, see? <laughs> it took a very long time before our lovely director, David, even said anything, because I think we were just enjoying the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know, who, I think Andrew may have been the one that was like, um, hey, uh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so now that's, that's. That's our favorite, Matthew. So how old were you when this happened? I just turned twenty. Oh. So I was, I was, I was very, I was very young and uneducated about the word gutter. So it was. <laughs> yeah. Just that one word. 
You know what? The art school doesn't teach you everything you need to know, right? I mean, I feel like it's a word that colloquially is more often said in that accent than not. Like gutter doesn't really come up unless you're like, I need to get my gutters cleaned. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Most of the time I hear it, it's like some sort of like gangsty like period piece. Like she's going to end up in the gutter. Well, yeah. See? Now we figured out uh, my character's background. That maybe he's going to join like the mafia or something. Like as soon as the show's over, he marries uh, uh, my wife, whose name I'm pegging, I'm blanking out right now. And then uh, no, yeah, but that. So we got that story out of the way, uh, and that was time that I, I needed to know. So anyway, so <laughs> what I'm so interested in is that your theater company, uh, Eclectic uh, Full Contact Theater, has sort of morphed from this past year into this podcasting. Uh, world and now does these full-blown audio dramas and I'm kind of curious to see like where did the idea start and how has that been since you've started this um it all came out of Andrew's brain okay uh, sick and twisted delightful brain uh which is where the theater company came out of as well um so (sighs) Andrew doesn't do well not doing things Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate. Yeah, right. So I think we all can. I think all of us artists can can relate to the. Oh no, our we can't do anything for a year. What what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to create? Um, so we had already been doing, um, throwing shade, which was our um, uh, radio drama style audio drama radio drama style audio drama right that's totally makes sense where we all do talk like this and talk about (laughs) yeah see (laughs) um and andrew kind of was like let's see what happens if i put out a call for some more um stories for some more scripts and some more directors and some more people and see what happens um, and what he thought was going to be like, maybe one more, uh, turned into maybe five more. Uh, <laughs> when people from everywhere from Ireland to Belgium to to um, uh, Turkey to everywhere uh, joining in the fun. Um, so, yeah, we wound up with five more audio dramas. Uh, with um you know featuring uh BIPOC actors um all women directors um and yeah that's that's pretty much what happened uh uh, I cast them all um and we went through a marathon of recording and everything launched in March and all of those podcasts are up it seems like that would be a, a fun thing to do casting wise is like you don't have to be limited by geography. Like how is that process different for you from casting a stage show to moving to casting something where you can work with anybody from anywhere? Yeah, it was really interesting. It was, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely was. Uh, I think um, the whole process was super interesting just because doing a 
podcasting, listening and only listening was another thing. And we had, you know, some, some of the writers were like, well, wait, but this person shouldn't, shouldn't have that accent. And I was like, but we don't know if they actually have that accent or if they put it on for the audition. So I'd be sending some emails and be like, okay, can you do this and sound like this instead, please? But I couldn't be like, well, don't do a British accent. But what if they are British, you know? (laughs) So yeah, it was really, um, really interesting. Just the entire process. It was awesome. What has the response been like? Do you think would you do more? Do you think this opens up the platform for maybe any different kinds of theater at this point now that there seems to be knock on wood a light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, um, we want to definitely do uh, a couple more seasons of some of them. Um, We're looking forward to doing more seasons. Uh, (laughs) That's good. We definitely are looking forward to doing a couple more seasons of some of them. Um, but uh, we are looking to, we are not looking to, we actually are in rehearsals for a couple of uh, TYA shows mm. going up soon uh, at the FNAM. And we're looking at starting um, our um, education program in September, which is crazy. Um because, you know, we just seem to not stop. Um, That's a good problem to have. Well, I mean, I, I guess Andrew's the Energizer Bunny. Let's just say that. Um, if that's still a relevant uh, reference. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's showing my age. But. I got you. Yeah, I yeah. got it. And he's a baby. So. And I'm a baby. And I, and I need, bu- and I like bunnies. Um, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, hi, cast me. So anyway, so uh, I'm, I have. I yes, you have, and I and I am so grateful, and it will live on for the rest of my life. So uh, I I I now want to learn more about younger Jessica, which I didn't know this when I, I was researching about you. You only live like ten minutes from where I I used to live. At. You you lived in Libertyville. You grew up in Libertyville, and I grew up in Grays Lake. Well, and small world. I, I don't think he knows this. I grew up in Vernon Hills. What the. Okay. Um, no, well, I actually grew up in Deerfield. Uh, oh, okay. Libertyville when I was fourteen. Andrew's doing a hair toss. Um, that wasn't a, that wasn't a uh, thing. It was uh, it was a Deerfield flex. I totally think it was, and I'm with him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be, but I love um, it. Yeah, he does. Uh, to insult me every once in a while, he'll be like, "Um, your Deerfield is showing, Jessica." <laughs> <laughs> No shade, no shade to my Deerfield friends. Um, but I mean, uh, yeah, I grew up in Deerfield. I moved to Libertyville when I was about fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah. But you and your parents. Uh, correct me if this is wrong. Like theater, pretty much just ran in the family. Your parents were in charge with like doing props and stuff. Or I believe it was like the Apple Tree Theater or like stuff like that. Correct. Yeah, my mom uh, was. Uh, did the props for Apple Tree Theater. She also worked at, um, oh gosh, it is escaping me right now. Um, another theater in the city. Um, the only thing I remember about that theater was that she once did a production of um, The Little Prince there. Uh, and she had to cover the set in sand. 
that's all I remember about that one. Um, but no, we <laughs> it's funny at- the things that stick, right? Yeah, we were at Apple Tree for years, um, and that was basically where I got my education. Uh, I not just my theater education, but like my life education. Mm-hmm. And it was where I grew up, and it was my my second home. Did you you pretty much knew from when you were born like this is what I'm gonna do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I did some um some film and commercial work as a kid, and um and you know some theater work as a kid too. And it was just I say that like I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I had turned to my mom and was like, no, this isn't what I want to do, I'm sure she would have been like, okay, we'll figure something out, but. Yeah there was there was no other option in my soul is there any like standout moment of like like remembering when you were little like something that just like the moment you fell in love with it like the thing that you were just like oh I didn't even know that was possible and yes I want to do that or was it just so ingrained I um I think the first show that I really fell in love with um Apple Tree did a lot of like um brand new shows um, that had like just come out and, and had their first run on Broadway and weren't really big or hadn't even gotten to Broadway. And so way back when uh, Drood had just come out, the mystery of Edwin Drood. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had, I, I basically fell in love with the woman who played Rosebud. Um, I think I was in second or third grade maybe even first I don't remember and hearing that music and seeing somebody up there performing and singing like that was like it it was just shocking to me it was that somebody could do that and that voice could come out of a human being and that was that was the moment and you know because my mom was working on the show she did the props for the show I was probably at 90% of those performances mm. because so total immersion. Yeah. Oh, and I, I like Pippin when I was in third grade, Pippin, you know, with the two sex ballets. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, why not? Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> it's artistic. Yeah. Um, we would be playing house uh, at school, you know, with my little third grade friends. And I'd be like, I want my name to be Fastrada. <laughs> that was that was my childhood but every every show I would just go and just be completely in awe with these performers and their performances and that was just there was there was no other life that was that was what I wanted and you can catch a big break doing anything whether it's backstage on stage or for you being on the news playing this child talking about whether or not it's okay to uh was it spank a child and something like that is this true <laughs> what research did you do oh my god He's sneaky. too much research i guess oh my god um yes yes and um that <laughs> playing the role of andrea because oh. i was uh i was working uh i was doing joseph at the time mm-hmm. okay. Donnie Osmond and Andrea Preston. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh my God, I think I saw you. <laughs> no, I really did. Because seeing Joseph 
And Donny Osmond was my moment of like the moment I just asked you about the, the moment that like you fell in love with theater. That was me because my friend Katie was in the Chicago Children's Choir. And so she was in the children's ensemble and so we went to go see her and it, that was my moment. So like that blows my mind that you were involved in that. Now my group, and it was with Apple Tree Theater's traveling troupe. So because of Apple Tree, I got to do it. My group actually got to open the, the run of Joseph in Chicago. So like we were the first children's choir that got to work with them. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. You were part of my moment. Oh, that's so nice. Sorry, that was just too serious. No, that was great. That was great. Awesome. But back to when you were yeah. a pretty child. Oh yeah, so I, yeah, uh, it was, it was about spanking a child. And I played this bratty child and I was like, no, I don't want to clean my room. And they went around to adults on the street and were like, would you spank this kid? And they're all like, yeah, she's a brat. I'd hit her. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you, uh, I have, did you feel anything not to be like a, an old theater professor? Like, how did you feel when they said, yeah, I would hit you? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't, I don't remember. I think, I think it was, I thought it was funny. I don't remember. I right. mean, it's just such a weird thing. It probably a, just didn't yeah. even compute. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it did. I think it was like, well, I guess I did a good job. Yes. <laughs> you played that crazy child well. I guess I was a brat. Yay! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's awesome. So, so then, when, did you go to school for theater as well? By college, I mean. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to Barra College, which was uh, as I was there, it got bought out by DePaul. Mm-hmm. So, um, so technically, I graduated from uh, the theater school of DePaul, which is nifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah yeah you trained like besides apple train to paul like even like piven theater which is like one of the like workshops i really wanted to like look into growing up um you know what would do you even remember, recall like what the theater was going through at the time and like what that taught you as opposed to like what apple tree taught you as well mm. um that's a hard question matthew i'm sorry uh- <laughs> Um, I, I was a brat. Um, I was a musical theater brat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I put myself into a theater school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had spent so much time being like, but this is musical theater and this is how you act. So I, um, I had a lot to learn uh, when I, when I went to college. Um, So it was great for me. It was good, really, really good for me. Um, But there were a lot of habits that needed to change. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of things that I needed to, to do to ground myself into, into real theater world and not uh, indication station world. Mm -hmm. But I, I learned a ton. So yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. 
So how long after graduation and you're moving into the theater world, where did the idea for Eclectic come from? And, and what was sort of the impetus for, for starting that? Sure. Um, so Andrew, I believe he, as, as I said, it was, it was kind of his, his brainchild. Um, he and our original artistic director, David Ballou, um, and uh, Michael Woods, Adam Kander, um, and me, and Michelle, Andy. and Michael's uh, wife, Angie, um, we all kind of got together and, and made this thing up. But it was, it was through first a conversation between us kind of at separate different points going, you know, sometimes theater people cannot be awesome. And sometimes you can work in a production where you're not treated super well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your time can be wasted. And sometimes you're not respected. Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, you're not paid at the end of it. And sometimes you don't do shows that you like. We should get together and make sure that uh, people's time is respected. People are treated nicely. People get paid at the end of the show. And we do fun shows. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we came together. Um, and uh, I wanted us to be called Jamada. <laughs> because... <laughs> Is that an amalgamation of names? Yes. yes. Um, but I was, uh, I was, I was denied that name. Uh, <laughs> but you tried hard to go for the name. Let me tell you. I did. I did. Um, uh, one sock production was thrown out. <laughs> um, no, uh, but yeah, we we kind of worked for a year to get ourselves uh, organized and together, and you know, we still fight daily to keep organized <laughs> and together. But I think all theater companies do. Yeah, but, you know, through the the ten years. 10 coming up years that we've been together. I think that that's something that we've um, really tried to keep up is that we've tried to, you know, be respectful of people and um, we've always paid everybody. Um, and not, there have been times that, you know, um, we've run late and that's something that we've not liked. And we've been very sorry about that. Um, but we've let people know that, you know, if we've made a mistake, if there's anything that we've done wrong, we've always owned up to it. Um, no one's perfect. Communication is, I think, all anybody could ask. And 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 we have. I think that that's something that we have. I think that we've been uh, we've been pretty good to our word. Um, so, were you and Andrew um, together romantically before the theater company started? We, we if you don't mind me asking. <laughs> We were, but uh, I, I don't think for very long. I'm looking at him to get uh, less for less than a year. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
So it was pretty new in your guys' relationship to then go on to start this thing that's now been such a big part of your lives. What is it like working that close with someone that you're partners with? So yeah, we, um, we met doing a show together. And that he's he's leaving the room. Um, no, we met. <laughs> um, and then, and it's funny because we were doing a show um, where he played my abusive husband, who forced me to kill my lover and uh, raped me, and all. I mean, just all, he was horrible. Um, Killer Joe. No, uh, it was called, um, <laughs> he says nothing that good. It was called Murder <laughs> Meadows. Oh, I'm sorry, we missed that one more time. Murder in Green Meadows. Murder in Green Meadows. Yeah, it's very awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and I, I say it was kind of like with the relationship that we had I, I, in that show, we would need to either fall in love with each other or we would have hated each other yeah to to make our relationship work mm-hmm. um then in the spring because that was in the fall we did, wound up doing another show together um and then i think that summer we started teaching together so we were doing shows together we were teaching together we started living together we had this theater company together we were just we've basically been partners the entire time we've known each other mm-hmm. um, and it's been great. Um, we work super well together. Um, we speak the same language. So mm-hmm. translate for me when I'm asleep. <laughs> it's eight in the morning and I can't make the sense of what I'm choreographing, but I can do the movement and then he can say what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and and same with him um, when he's saying, just go over there. And I say, okay, so you're supposed to cross stage, you know, uh, we're, we're able to do, um, we're, we're able to work with each other really well. Um, I mean, everybody has little tiffs. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think in the 10 years that we've been together, we've maybe had like two actual fights. So, That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very lucky. He's, um amazingly supportive mm-hmm. and especially during this past year i would never have gotten through it without him so right that's my mom and dad talking about each other <laughs> um and, and you know doing the research about eclectic like what's so fun and in, about your company is you guys just go you do whatever you want with a cool purpose you know you did music from a sparkling planet as your first show where you do an adaptation of all my sons and or i met you guys doing uh we did a, a brothel chicago version of richard the third um yeah so like what are the some of the like tips or motivations you need to have to run a theater company don't uh- <laughs> <laughs> all right uh- <laughs> no, uh- if you have a concept, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, really push it all the way. Um, I think in some of the ways that uh, some of our visions may not have fully been realized is because we haven't, we, we've gone a little, we've fallen a little short on some concepts. Mm-hmm. So absolutely just fly and go as far as you possibly can um, with a concept. 
Um, as for anything else, running a theater company, um, make sure you like the people that you're doing it with. Because <laughs> that really helps. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's been it's been hard, but it's been really amazing to kind of look and be like, holy cow, 10 years and we've done this many shows and I've been a part of this many shows and I've cast this many shows and I've done props and I've done this and I've done that. And it's crazy. Um, we've been really lucky. It's amazing. Yeah. And how did you fall into the role of casting director? Was that you from the start or how did that come to be? Um, so I, I kind of mentioned before, Andrew and I taught a lot. We, and we did a lot of directing of, of children's shows. Right. And I always really enjoyed casting the kids. Um, even when I was teaching um, at Northbrook Theater, I always was like, oh, but we could put this person here and that person there. And then it, we, everybody has a part and everybody's doing this and everybody's that. And I just loved the, the puzzle mm-hmm. um, of finding the right people for the right role. So that I kind of just said, hey, if you want a casting director, I'd love to do it because I think it's really fun. And that's how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's that easy. Now, I want to know, um, we're talking about like having strong concepts and, and coming up with new ideas. Is there like um, like a fantasy production, like some sort of like dream concept that like, you know, it's never going to happen because of X, Y or Z, but it's just like it lives in your head. So I desperately want to do Amadeus. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I would love to play Costanza. I think Andrew would kill as a Salieri. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be an amazing show. And I, gosh, was it our in our fourth year? Um, we have a, a resident costume director, uh, Kathy Tantillo, was amazing. Um, and I brought it up, and everybody's like, "Yes, yes, Amadeus, that would be amazing. Let's do it. We need to do it." Um, and Kathy goes, we can't, we can't do it. I, we can't do it. It's, it's too big. The costumes would be too expensive. We just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, you're right. And Kathy's like, well, let me crunch some numbers. So, <laughs> because she's wonderful. Um, so she comes back and she's like, we just we just can't do it. I even tried with, I mean, if the, if the hoop skirts were just the hoops and, and every, and we're just in structured stuff and not actual, we just can't do it. So, so my joke every time now is, okay, so next season, Amadeus, we got it. We're doing it. Um, hey, one of these years, the answer is going to be yes. It's like, why not? Yeah. Oh, I just, be so much fun. I just love that show. Has there been like a highlight show for you in the 10 years you've been doing this? Mm. God, that's really hard. Um, I have to say Make Me a Song because I got to sing. Um, Andrew wants me to say Spinning into Butter because <laughs> I played a, the biggest part. Um, <laughs> but um, I, the one show that I was really, um, other than Amadeus, that I really desperately wanted to do was Make Me a Song. Um, Mm -hmm. I really love William Finn and his music. 
And um, David was like, yeah, yeah, we can do this. So um, we did it. We got uh, Chris Pasternak to direct. We got Nikki York to music direct. Um, we had Catherine Condit. We had Veronica Garza. We had Max Satagni. I mean, it was a dream cast. And we got to sing and play together. And it may be the only musical we ever do, but that's okay. Because it was, it was really amazing. <laughs> Uh, now there's a lot of music in your background and I want to ask you about a little wonderful show called Jerry Springer the Opera because oh I'm obsessed yeah 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 it's a fun one so what was that like oh my goodness it was this was a premiere yes that you were part of the premiere the Chicago yeah um did you know what you were getting into I did not <laughs> <laughs> um I did not and I did not say any of those words. <laughs> I think there was actually one day that I raised my hand and asked if, um, if bunghole, can I say that? Sorry. Well, well, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. I asked if that was a typo. Um, cause I didn't, I didn't know the word and everybody laughed at me. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know the C word until I got to college. <laughs> Literally never heard it in my life. I, I, yeah. Um, the audition form did say, are you okay with saying what the, what the, what the, yeah. Yeah. yeah it did ask if we were okay with saying that and um, other words like, or other phrases like um, chick with a dick, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, <laughs> It was a blast. Oh, it's sure. such a weird and wacky and wonderful show. Yeah. And um, the music is actually lovely. It's gorgeous. just so funny. Yeah. And, and heartbreaking too sometimes. Some of the stuff in the second act. Yeah. Just, um, the FU talk, that mm -hmm. one, talk to the hand is amazingly written. Um, take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah. Um, our cast is, the Chicago cast is up on YouTube. Um, so you can see it. Oh, awesome. Performance, yeah. And it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But I loved every minute of it. For sure. I love that show so much. Are there any roles that you wish you still want to play or want to play? Um, every day. <laughs> I think of another one. I mean, Rosabud and Drood, the, the one that really yeah. fell in love with theater. Um, uh, Christine and Phantom. I have to have to admit that I'm too old now. Um, gosh, I was very fortunate uh, to attend uh, Northeastern Illinois University. Mm -hmm. An amazingly talented and wonderful woman named Sasha Garrison directed uh, the operas and musicals there. And she cast me in some of my dream roles. So I got to do... Um, Lucy in Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. I got to do Adele in Deflator Mouse. Um, just some roles that I never thought I would ever do in a million years. And yeah, I was really, really lucky for that. Ooh, ooh, important question. In Jekyll and Hyde, were you a bring on the men, Lucy, or were you a good and evil Lucy? Bring on the men. Hey. And I got to choreograph that song too. So it was really- Oh, cool. yes. Yeah, yeah. Were there chairs involved? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, there have to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I ended it singing on top of a box with big arms. Yeah, it was really fun. What's the show called um, Naked Boy Singing that you had to choreograph? Is this a true, is this, was this an eclectic show? It is. Okay. This is a story. Can I tell this story? Yeah, you can tell the story. The whole story? Um, so, so David had thought it would be a great, and it was a great idea to, to bring this show, uh, to the Athenaeum during Pride. Because yes, um, what better show during Pride than Naked Boy Singing? Naked Boy Singing is a delightful show. It is adorable. It's adorable. It's it is adorable. Um, Things can be raunchy and adorable, or yeah. thirsty and adorable. Yeah, it's um. That's my brand. Yeah, absolutely. the The music is charming, and some sometimes it's sad. Um, and they just, their boys just happen to be naked. Oh, well, um, I had actually originally turned down doing the choreography because I'm a prude. Uh, <laughs> and I, was, and I own it, girl. Yes. I, I didn't think I would, um, I would do the show justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the person that David asked instead of me said no and David said guess what you're doing it and I said okay I guess I'm doing it Uh, (laughs) and I loved it I I loved working with the guys that we got they were so talented and so um open to to do anything um we had two phenomenal ballet dancers um phenomenal singers just they would do anything and it was one of the greatest learning experiences of my life because I I never thought that I would be working with five naked men because that's not something I would do oh you can see little Cato in the back I I was trying to I was trying not to go to pieces when I saw his little head look no she's she's so tiny um but yeah, so so the story is, we were set to open. Um, I'm gonna make up the days on a Friday, and on Wednesday, uh, David is in the office at the Athenaeum, and is being told that the church that the Athenaeum is connected to is going to what exactly they're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna break their lease and kick the Athenaeum out of the space, which is run by the church, if Naked Boy Singing opens on Friday night. Oh God! Yeah. So, no pun intended. What? No pun intended. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So on Thursday, we have to strike the show in the Athenaeum. Or Wednesday night, I guess. Wednesday night, we have to strike the show at the Athenaeum. Um, take down all the lights, take the set, the costumes, everything, and go over to seven seven three. Wow! Wow! Oh, that's right. Alan and Jeff move everything over to theater with for us because they're like, "You're going to open your show, but we're really sorry, you can't do it here." So they move it all over there for us. And we 
repaint the set. We rehang the lights. We redo everything so that we can open on Friday night. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's, I think one of the most intense theater stories I've heard. Yeah. Um, and it's because the theater's like twice as big as it was at the Athenaeum, it's not the big money bringer that we were hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. And we were running another show at the same time. Oh, well, there you know, no big. Okay, good. It's not. That I was that I was doing props for, and set decoration for, which is you know just a tiny little job. Yeah. Very very easy, not full of details or last minute changes or anything. Full time. Girl, how are you still alive? You, you know, if you're an artist, you're not. You gain what more than you know six hours of sleep, and then there's something wrong here. The best part was I was teaching at a Catholic school. Oh! And and I was so scared that they would find out that I was doing Naked Boy singing and fire me. Oh, man. <laughs> Things we do for the craft. Well, well, what are we at now? I think that's a quintuple whammy. <laughs> Father, son. Oh. Um, but, so, you know, in the time that you've been doing this your entire life, how do you think you've changed as an artist? You, you know, you mentioned that you became less this, less that, more of this. You know, what do you think is the overall thing for you? Uh. <laughs> I'm going to write that down as the answer. Oh God, um, that's, no, I don't, I'm constantly changing. Mm-hmm. I was, when I was a little girl, I was a little Broadway belter. Um, when I was uh, in my teens and above, I was, you know, sweet little ingenue. I I, I worked um, with a children's theater company where I was, you know, the princess for three years. Um, and I played, you know, Sprinza. Uh, the 12 year old when I was in my early twenties at theater at the center. Cause yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. It's my entire repertoire. Exactly. Exactly. High schoolers. Yes, exactly. Um, and then uh, I switched over to doing more classical music um, and focused on that. Um, went to, went to, school to study specifically opera um and that wasn't performing as much now uh, I'm performing I don't know (laughs) I don't know (laughs) Um, uh, now I guess I'm doing more comedy funny stuff I don't know I think that's great though I think I think anybody who's like continuing to learn and grow kind of goes through these different chapters of of who they were at that time. And then like whatever you learned in that time is what sort of leads you to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So you always have something to look forward to. Exactly. I'm just trying to to keep working and keep growing and keep learning and keep doing what I do. 
And just to reinvent yourself, like, you know, I, you know, I'm still in my early twenties. I went from high school being the overactor in dentist's little shop of horrors to when I got to college and I think, Oh, this is how you do it. Oh, wait, that's not how you do it. It's more of like what we're doing right now, like this close, like, speaking to her speaking to them as opposed to this is my face uh to the audience and says like playing to the audience so like i you know different challenges like that i think that keeps me at least excited to keep doing this absolutely absolutely so um did you want to ask this oh yes <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was like um, so going back um to where you guys are at now with podcast network which is really great um, I, I was, I was doing my own little bit of research and I, I wanted to know if you had done your audiobook reading before you started doing podcast stuff, or if you were like, Hey, we're doing these like radio drama stuff. I can also do this and how that came about and what is a Lich King and what are they like? Oh, <laughs> um, Yeah. I almost couldn't remember which came first, which is why I looked confused. Um, I, we start, yeah, we, no, no, I don't think so. I think we started doing throwing shade. <gasps> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> for, for our listeners right now, there's an adorable dog trying to climb all over Matt. It's okay. He's only a little bit afraid of. It's okay. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna go we'll, out we'll, in a minute. We'll, we'll keep this as a clip for, for the Instagram viewers. We'll go out in a minute. Um, so we were doing throwing shade prior to the audiobooks. Right. Um, the audiobooks came about because once again, Andrew, what would I, I don't I mean, um he was doing uh these audiobooks, that series, um, and the author was like, Hey, I have a series, I have a new series coming up with, uh, in the same realm universe, <laughs> um, with a female protagonist. Do you know anybody? And of course, Andrew had said, yeah, I know this person. Wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I wasn't doing audiobooks at the time I was working somewhere else and hating my life probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um that person never got back to the author so um I was like well you know there's this quarantine thing going on and I would like to do something so why don't you ask Ken if um he still needs a female voiceover artist I'm available so he did and then I got to do um the the this book um which I don't know much about. <laughs> I have several friends who do some audiobook work and they often say the same. They're like, honestly, I'm so brain dead from trying to keep all of my voice right and all of the consonants that like, I don't even know what I'm reading half the time. There, there, Andrew does uh, the um, sound editing for me and he'll, he'll sit with me and make sure that I'm not making words up, which I often do. Um, okay yeah or add words like no that's not how the sentence goes oh really oh, but this sounds better right. right um you never realize how hard it is to read before you start doing it for a living 
Mm. Um, it's hard. Mm. You don't think it is. It is. Okay. Yeah, narrating is is not easy. No. Uh, <laughs> and I love to read um, a lot. I work at a bookstore. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, there, I mean, there were definitely times when I would hit pause and I'd be like, what did I just say? And Andrew would be like, well, you just explained time travel. And I'd be like, really? Did I do it in a way that sounded right? Did I, did I make it sound convincing? Is like, yeah. that good? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> did I? Did I? Is that what I said? Oh, really? Oh, man. Well, speaking of time travel, uh, yeah, yeah. this is a great segue. We're going to travel on over to this new game we're about to play called Time for Two. Two minutes on the clock, random icebreaker questions, no right, no wrong. I'm just, this is round two for you because you did this on my uh, other show way back when. Yeah, this is really good for my anxiety. Oh, good. I'm glad we could provide that for you. There are no wrong answers. And if the answer is absurd, I will like it better. Absurdity. Yes. Yes, and all right, here we go. I want to start here. Here we go. Three, two, one. Favorite president. Obama. Favorite kind of bean. Lima. I hate lima beans. (laughs) Uh, How much malarkey is a bunch of malarkey? A whole bunch. Microwaves, good or evil? Evil. Toaster oven or a regular oven? Toaster oven. Favorite Richard. King. Uh, are babysitters good or evil? Good. Favorite West Wing character. Martin Sheen. Alex Trebek is the greatest game show host of all time. Sure. <laughs> uh, who's the worst? Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> who's, whose line is it anyway? Mine. Who's the boss? Uh, Tony Danza. <laughs> favorite kind of tea? Earl Grey. Uh, favorite kind of noodle? Uh, ramen. Nice. Uh, is there a role you wish you've gotten? All of them. <laughs> uh, favorite beetle? John Lennon. Favorite article of clothing? Uh, pajamas. Analog or digital? Analog. Coffee or donuts? Coffee. <laughs> Favorite kind of smoothie? Uh, uh, strawberry. Uh, what is your name? Jessica Lauren Fisher. What is your quest? Oh no, I don't know this. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? No idea. What if it's African or European? There we go. <laughs> oh, Uncle Joey or Uncle Jesse? Jesse. Then that's how we play. <laughs> uh, how's your anxiety now? Uh, better now. Thank you. Okay. Made it. It's like one of those like like a uh, finish things where you go in the sauna and then you go in the ice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <gasps> Like the steam comes Shot out. to the system. Right. So, uh, Jessica, before we end our lovely time together, uh, we have one final question, uh, which is, are your parents proud of you? 
Yes. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. And Andrew and I are proud of you. Oh. Oh. oh stop it. They're a little baby boy. You're going to make me cry on camera. Well, it's true. We are. Oh. Well, Jessica and Andrew, who's in the other <laughs> room, I can't thank you. We can't thank you enough for coming on. This is always, it's always lovely chatting with you both. And yeah. you too. It's really been a delight. You're both delightful. Thank you. Well, if you enjoyed Jessica and you want to learn more about Eclectic Full Contact Theater, Matthew, where can they do that? Well, they have six shows. Uh, Throwing Shade, Clusterfuck, Bloody Bay, Monocyte, Deep Shadows, and the Half Hour Audio Hour. You can find these on their main podcast platform, Red Circle, or also Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Jessica is in Bloody Bay and... She's also in Eclectic's OG podcast, Throwing Shade. Murder, mystery, farce, comedy. It's got it all. Also, her and Andrew are in Cooking with Bubble at the Skokie Theater. It's currently playing right now and will continue to play till August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to skokietheater.org. So, if you just can't get enough podcasts and you need something else to listen to and you're just so sad because our next episode isn't out yet, that's what you should be doing. You have six shows. You have plenty of time. Speaking of our next episode, our guest next week is going to be Adam Jepson. He is a a very old friend of mine who has had a large amount of success, uh, both on the Broadway theater and as a writer of his own work. So we're going to talk all about that next week. I can't wait. And I can't wait to advertise our new email. It's not that new. It's actually, we've had it for a while. Parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. What do you think of the show? What do you think of us? What do you think of us? What do you think of my tie? Do you like my tie? I like my tie. I like your tie. Thank you. They like. And my then tie. if you want to check out any information about past or upcoming episodes, check out our Instagram, which is Parents Proud Podcast. Absolutely. Easy to remember. Absolutely. Come on. It's PPP. Parents Proud Podcast. PPP. Oh, we're the triple P. We're the triple P. Oh, oh. Come boy. and win the triple P. That's that, I'm gonna need my horse at the next horsing uh, race. Can we like sponsor raccoon racing or something? The triple P crown. <laughs> that seems like a Chicago version. Hi, I'm Dean Richards, and uh, welcome to the raccoon races. Up first is triple P P P P. They were going up against the cone heads over there. <laughs> or just uh, is that a rat or a toddler? <laughs> How many times has the mom made that joke before? Am I right? Oh, man. Oh, boy. We're we're going to hell. All right, folks. On that note, I am Matthew Shoefrider. And I'm LJ Bullen. Keep it weird, folks. Keep it weird. Yay!